This is Hitting the Mark, conversations with founders and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success, with your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Garhalter. You can imagine I've had brand specialists say to me, have you ever thought about changing the name? Because it's just it's like so obvious, you know, they don't like it because it's so obvious. And I'm like, but I like it because it's so obvious because in my mind, we're like the Kleenex of financial health. Like where else would you go but a financial gym to get financially healthy? This was Shannon McLay, who built a gym to work out your finances, monthly memberships, trainers, the whole nine yards. You're matched with a BFF, your best financial friend. The call to action on the side says, let's crush some goals. And trainers welcome you by saying, you're about to get financially naked with me. It's the financial gym. And it all started with that name. Shannon built this brand on experience and a lot of fantastic brand gut instincts. This conversation was a complete blast, and her brand may just be the type of brand that the world needs right now. A quick reminder before we dive in, please show your support for the show so I can keep it advertising free without interrupting these conversations. And hey, you can hop on a monthly call with me to discuss your brand pain points when you join. So think of it as a brand gym. If that sounds like a good move, head on over to patreon.com slash hitting the mark. And now here's Shannon of Financial Gym. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here. You are the CEO and founder of The Financial Gym, a fitness-inspired personal financial services company that to me shouts millennials and Generation C. Um, and I have proof since my brand consultancy's creative lead, Jessie, brought up your brand to me and she shared the surprise swag bag with me that comes with a tote saying, money is my spirit animal. <laughs> and it also has a little card that's signed by you. Um, And then I had to look into Financial Gym a little bit more because she was super excited about it. She just signed up. Um, mm -hmm. And I had to immediately invite you to be in the show. Um, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of financial literacy and empowerment. How could you not be, right? Um, right. In, in, in this country, I'm originally from Austria, um, where you know things are a little bit different in Europe when it comes to financial literacy and you know the, the whole social, um, the social environment. But here in the US, it is definitely a crisis. I, I heard a statistic... Um, um, I believe it was even a Forbes article that I researched um, uh, where, where they mentioned um, the financial gym, but they say that about 40% of Americans would struggle to come up with even $400 to pay for an unexpected bill. I mean, that is unbelievable. So obviously what you're doing is crucially needed here in the US, um, you know, creating that kind of platform that that speaks the language of the next generation is absolutely heaven sent. So how did it how did it all start? Give us give us a quick tour of of, of what happened in the last gosh, like eight, seven years, something like that, right? Seven years. Seven wow. very long years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet they've gone by in a flash. So um yeah, I we are dealing with a financial health crisis and it's been around for a long time and I wasn't really aware of it until I became a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch and I became an advisor after 
a 13-year career in financial services where I was working for investment banks, for a hedge fund briefly. And I was always around money and making money. So I didn't think too much about um, my own personal finances. My solution to my own personal finances was always, I'll make more money. And I always did. So hmm. um so I just I you know just didn't even think about it. And then I became a Merrill Lynch financial advisor because I felt like I needed an advisor. I was now in my early 30s and about to buy a home and um have a child and all the reasons you feel like you need some financial planning. And when I looked at the financial advisory space, um I, I it just I became woke to it and I would say, you know, 85% are pretty much old white men and no offense, you know, I would say mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. I love men. I married one. I birthed one. They're fantastic. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, money's really personal and it's really, um, it felt very unfair if somebody, you know, couldn't find who they wanted to work with. So um, I thought if you can't be an enjoy them. So I became a Merrill advisor and to work with me, you had to have 250000 in assets. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even count as a client unless you did. And I didn't think anything of that. I thought this will be easy for me to find clients. Um, I have been around money and I was finding clients. Um, but I I laughed because the, the gym never would have existed if I took the advice of my first uh, Merrill advisor mentor. And he said... Um, you know, pre-screen all your meetings, um, make sure that they have money before you even meet with them. Because mm-hmm. if they don't have money, they won't even count. So, you sure. know, they yeah. don't even waste your time. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, because he was an old white guy, like, like okay, boomer. <laughs> um, I was just like, b- before okay, boomer was a thing, right? I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I have plenty of time. I can meet with whoever I want to meet with. And I'm not going to ask somebody how much money they have before I even have coffee with them. So I made it a point of taking every meeting. And one of my first meetings with um, what I would then call my pro bono clients was this woman who was looking for a financial planner and came through a friend of a friend. And we, uh, we sat down and she, it was like, a, it was like a scene from a movie. She was like, I have 250,000 of student loan debt. And, um, you know, oh I make $50,000 a year and all this stuff. Mm. And I was like, Oh my God. Uh, and, and then she said that the kicker for me was she said, and I feel unlovable. Like, who would want to marry me with all this debt, you know? Mm. And um, I had no idea how to help this woman. I hadn't seen a profile like this before. And I thought a Merrill Lynch wealth management uh, package is going to just depress her. So I I couldn't help her at Merrill, but I wanted to help her. And I figured out and did, did a plan on the side. And then... And then I began the process of becoming the worst financial advisor ever because I loved my clients with no money. <laughs> um, I found real joy and passion in helping people figure out their finances. And that led to the, I call the Oprah Aha Week um, that, start, that, that uh, for the gym where I, I started with a meeting with a couple. We were doing their quarterly review and they had $1.3 million invested with me and their portfolio was down 3%. And they were just like, it was like the end of the world for them. They were like, mm. where's our money? How are the kids going to go to college? How are we going to pay our bills? And and I spent an hour of my life making them feel better about being a little less rich. <laughs> and it was just really soul sucking. And I mm-hmm. thought, I guess this is what an advisor does. And then two days later, I had a plan meeting with a pro bono client. And I did a plan for just like we do at the gym, just bulleted. Here's here's what how much you need to save. Here's how you deal with the student loans. Here's what you do with the credit cards. Um, and at the end of the meeting, she said, you know, you're saving my life, right? 
And I was mm. like, oh, this feels so much better <laughs> than that meeting. And it was the aha of, I need to create a business for people like this, which is the majority of Americans, like you were saying. And, um, and it all came to you very clearly. It's interesting. I, I think about this a lot because I never wanted to start a business. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. But in that moment, everything was very clear. I was like, because I was also on this weight loss journey. And I remember thinking around the same time, like when I wanted to get physically healthy, I had so many places I could go to get physically healthy. But if people want to get financially healthy, where would they go? I, that was my dilemma is where do I send these these pro bono clients to a place that's going to treat them like human beings with care and decency and respect, just because, you know, it doesn't matter what's in their bank account. And I thought if you want to get this is financially healthy, you go to a financial gym. And it was very clear to me. I said, it's hmm. like H&R Block, but fun and cool. And advisors or trainers, they wear jeans and t-shirts. Um, people pay a monthly membership fee, just like a regular gym. And that was seven years ago. That's amazing. It's been a and, long seven years. <laughs> no, I'm sure. But, um, you know, what a, what, a, what a great story. And did it, I mean, it, so it literally came to you, the, the whole chim analogy uh, um, came, came to you immediately because of the mm -hmm. situation that you were in. But did did it all kind of like start with that brand name of Financial Chim and everything yes. kind of like just, 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 it like all just came together right in front of you? <laughs> yeah. You know, what's really funny is I, I'm a blonde. So I tell people I'm not really that creative, right? <laughs> I'm not that I, I just I, I'm very like it's very clear to me and I hey I'm a blonde thought, I'm, I'm creative <laughs> <laughs> you're putting yeah. a bad rap on us <laughs> no I love I own my blondness um but but I remember it just I just remember thinking it's a financial gym you know a place to go work out and the funny thing about the brand over the seven years is that um I've had you can imagine I've had brand specialists say to me have you ever thought about changing the name because it's just it's like so obvious, you know, they don't like it because it's so obvious. And I'm like, but I like it because it's so obvious because mm -hmm. in my mind, we're like the Kleenex of financial health. Like where else would you go but a financial gym to get financially healthy? And that always surprised me when we got into the branding process formally. So seven years ago, I thought it's financial gym. We own the trademark for it. I thought this is it. It's financial gym. Maybe at some point I thought maybe we're the money gym, but but kept, we kept coming back to financial gym because I didn't want it to seem like a uh, like a cash uh, payday loan place, which would right. feel more like a money gym. So I said it's financial gym. And then we went through this formal branding process after we raised our first round of venture capital money. And everybody that we interviewed for the process wanted to create a new name. That just seemed like the thing. Everybody wanted to create a new name. How interesting. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I just, I don't want, money's confusing enough. I don't want what we do to be confusing. Like, I don't want to be glitter, you know, and we're a financial services company. I just don't understand that part of branding, but that's, you know, me. And um, I just always wanted to be very clear about it. And what's funny is that, you know, we had people who didn't love it, but our clients get it, you know, and our, and it's, it's clear to people when they come to us kind of what we do, even if it's not totally clear exactly how we do it, they get the concept. Totally. And you know what? I mean, you just talked to the wrong um, brand specialist. If you would have talked to me, Shannon, I would have said, keep the name. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, look, there's something to be said. Um, the, the whole reason why I have this podcast, and now we're like on episode 50 or 52, or God knows what, um, is because I can't hear myself talk about branding anymore because I do it all day. And mm -hmm. actually listening to people who did it, and very often there was so much gut instinct um, involved in creating the name or creating what the brand stands 
stands for. Um, and, and so often it goes against a lot of the, the brand thinking, right? I mean, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that specialists like myself, um, you know, usually bring to the table. And I think that is what is so fascinating to me because it doesn't all need to go exactly according to, you know, a big, a big book that has been written about this is how branding needs to work. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Financial Chim, literally after you had that name, the language was just so easy, right? I mean, to create mm-hmm. the actual language. I mean, it, it's funny. You, so your clients are matched with a BFF. That's your best mm-hmm. financial friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> the call to action on your website says, let's crush some goals. Um, mm-hmm. Trainers introduce themselves by saying, so uh, trainers, right? Not advisors. Trainers, yeah, trainers introduce themselves by saying, you're about to get financially naked with me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, and your podcast is called Martinis and Your Money. And the description mm-hmm. reads, Shannon created this educational and entertaining podcast combining two of her favorite activities, drinking and talking about money. Um, <laughs> I mean, how have you defined the brand personality early on? I mean, it, you know, because that tone of voice, right? It is so mm-hmm. authentic. Um, it's not really crafted. It just feels authentic. But it's such a fine line to come across as, you know, as, as, as hip and empathetic versus unauthentic, especially with this yeah. group, right? If we're talking, you know, mid thirties, and it seems like that's most probably the group, like late twenties to like, you know, early, early forties. That's kind of like the sweet spot, most likely. Yeah, it is. You know, although our youngest client is 17, our oldest is 74. Cause I, we always say just like a regular gym, anyone can work out here. Awesome. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it's interesting is, um, is finding the authenticity of the voice. I worked in financial services for 13 years. And so I knew the voice it wasn't going to be, you know, <laughs> it was that. And so it was like, as long as it didn't feel like that, then it was this in my mind. And I knew very well what the jargon and what, what I didn't want it to be. And so whenever we have gone through those iterations or or finding the right tone and the balance, and we went through a lot of those exercises in that branding process that we went through a little over three years ago now of what is the voice. And what's interesting, going back to like the feedback you got from the team, they, they wanted us to have a more serious voice because they were like, well, you're authoritative and um, you know, you want to be the authority. And I was like, yeah, but, but we don't have to be in their face about it. I don't want to have to wear, uh, you know, a, a Hillary Clinton pantsuit for me to have authority. We can have it in a in a more casual way. It was always really important for me that that our authority came through what we were actually saying versus what we looked like, and you know, the jeans and t-shirts and all of that um, was really important to me um, because that was definitely not something I saw at Bank of America at Merrill Lynch. Um, that I thought was really important that I haven't seen anywhere else that was really important for us to have. And, and, it, and we stuck very true to it. And it's funny because I always th- envisioned, you know, jeans and t-shirts, like I'd seen trainers are, you know, really actually our trainers are allowed to wear uh, anything from below the waist. It's just the financial gym t-shirt above the waist. And, um, and I, I don't love the jeans, personally, a jeans and t-shirt look. I don't personally love that. You know, I think it's funny. I created a brand that I wear it every day and I don't necessarily <laughs> love it. Um, and I've been on, you know, the Today Show. I've been on CNBC. I've been on Squawk Box. And they're like, are you going to wear a t-shirt? I was like, yeah, I'm wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm, not, I'm not changing for you guys. Um, you know, the, the only challenge we had on the Today Show is they wouldn't let me wear the logo. So I had to wear just a black t-shirt and 
friends and family were like, why are you in jeans oh, funny. You know, on today's show? I was like, that's our brand. So if people can't see, hear what I'm saying and know that I'm an authority and they're mm-hmm. going to get, you know, focused on what I'm wearing, then they're the wrong people for us anyway. No, totally. And I mean, you have to exclude you. Have, you have to exclude many in order to gain some, right? That's the whole. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea. And I mean, coming from that background where you have been in a very, you know, stiff and unattractive, um, you know, environment in in the financial in the financial services industry, especially you know when it comes to the advising part, you want to do everything exactly the opposite, right? So whatever mm-hmm. they do, I mean, like you said, it is so easy. How do they do it? Oh, they all dress up in blazers. How are we going to do it? Jeans and t-shirts. So it it was it was kind of like a nice a nice uh, a nice blueprint for you to follow um your your brand icon um we have to go there right because we're talking mm-hmm. branding um they're mm-hmm. actually my initials it's fg which is really awkward whenever my employee gets mail from you <laughs> she's like she's like <laughs> i just got a cup with your initials on it from financial yeah. gym i'm not sure what i'm gonna do with it <laughs> but in in all in all seriousness um why did you opt out um for that simple FG instead of like an icon or anything like that, that your tribe can, can, can wear proudly, especially now that I know you went through, through a branding. Um, yes. Well, you know, what's so funny, Fabian is that did not come up. An icon did not come up in our initial branding. And we kind of went through was a mini branding process a year later where we came up with the BFF concept that the icon didn't come up again. The icon actually did not come up until a recent board meeting with a recent uh, board investor who asked about an icon. And, you know, again, I don't know a lot about branding and nobody had brought it up. So, um, you know, we had that the FG logo is like our smaller logo, but there wasn't the talk of some kind of unique symbol. And um, so actually, it's something we're in the process of creating one of our clients is working with us who does design work, we're working on, um, on an icon to oh, replace great. the FG. So um, that will be a thing of the past, your your initials. Um, we, are, <laughs> we are working on an icon. So we're that actually that process just started uh, two months ago. We we um, started the icon process. So that is we're, we're right in the middle of it. So funny you should mention that, Fabian. Well, there we go. <laughs> Wish we had it three years ago, but you know, again, I didn't. I didn't think about it. I was so upset we had to pay so much money for the branding experience because, again, I just didn't know anything about starting a business. And I remember right. seeing the price tags of like of the services, and I was like, "This is insane!" I mean, they're picking colors, and why are we paying so much for colors? And my lead investor is like, "You just don't understand branding, Shannon." I was like, "You're right. I guess I don't." So, that, well, now now that we talk about how how Shannon does not understand understand branding yet she creates yeah. um a brand that people love right and and, <laughs> and it's it's a very empathetic brand um and and, and people you know i mean i know that uh, you know chessie my you know my, my creative lead when she got all the swag and everything and she she met with she met with her advisor uh, whose last name mm-hmm. by the way is penny because i'm never going to forget that yes oh ashley my financial advisor's last name is penny i'm not sure how i, I feel about that and i'm like this is the funniest <laughs> thing ever but you know she she, I mean, she is she is as she's as hip as, as it gets, and she's as brand educated as it, as it can get because she 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 works in a brand consultancy, right? Creating mm-hmm. brand marks, and she she just absolutely loved the entire brand experience. So obviously, by you saying you don't know anything about branding, um, that is absolutely incorrect. Well, I've learned, Fabian. Okay, this is three you learned years on ago, the job. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've learned. I always tell tell my team all we can do is get smarter every day. We might not get today right, but we'll get tomorrow right. And so I have learned a lot 
lot about it over the three years. Um, so I'm getting it. <laughs> so, 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 so what does it mean to you now? Like what does branding mean to you? I mean, honestly, I, so I didn't get it three years ago just because of the cost of it. I, I didn't, I, I wish, and especially for startups, I wish, and there are some more agencies that are more startup focused, but, you know, every day you're running out of money and, you know, you're trying to create the brand and not run out of money before people even know the brand exists. So I just wish there was like a better model early on. But um, that being said now, um, you know, there, it is truly, um, it is truly everything. Um, it is the way that your, um, it's the way that your clients engage with you and identify you. It's the way your team identifies with each other. Um, and it, it really does set, the tone um, for everything. And, you know, I joked about picking out colors, but you know, what's funny is um, I had no idea what, you know, our color should be. We went through the process though. And our agency was like, well, you don't want to pick green because, you know, it's too obvious. Right. <laughs> I mean, they really, they struggled with us. Right. Cause like they, they were like, you know, I was like, no, it's definitely this name and, and it's definitely green. And I mean, we explored other colors, but I was like, we just have to be green, but not, a you know fuddy duddy green you know and what's interesting is you know so we have our financial gym green my my um cmo she knows the green fonts by the numbers you know she's like she could tell you exactly what our power green is our like better and yeah yeah and she does and she knows them all fan of people ask her and um she and what's funny is now three years later like you see the green and you know, it's our gym green, you know, like we've had clients say, Oh, that's financial gym green. Or we had an employee who works from home. Her husband was like, I want to paint the room that she does her, her virtual calls in financial gym green. And, and he did. And so when she's on calls, it's that you watch her and it's financial gym green and she <laughs> feels connected to it through our green. And, um, and so, yeah, it just interweaves in so many ways. No, absolutely. And, and let's, you already mentioned it a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about company culture, because I just personally think it is so crucial. Um, mm -hmm. How do you keep a unified, um, you know, vibe, a unified brand language and a feeling of belonging when I, I assume the majority of your staff are, quote unquote, trainers, right? So they're, mm -hmm. they're out on their own working with, with your clients. How do you, how do you keep that in sync? I mean, it is, it is a challenge for, 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 for everyone, but you know, since yeah. you, you have a very specific um, operations. Yeah. Well, I think honestly, it is around the, the gym concept and, and financial health is our mission. And um, I feel very fortunate that we have a business that is mission driven because um, it just it influences and impacts everything. And, and financial health is our mission. It's clearly tied to our name and, and the work that we do. So that's kind of easy to translate. But um, about two years ago, I did ask as we were expanding, I have a mentor, actually, my mentor is um is was the CEO of SoulCycle and um, Melanie mm. Whalen, not one of the founders, but she's the recent CEO. And I was asking about how we could, you know, grow because we had set this really special group of, you know, initial employees in this initial location. And we knew we were opening new locations. I said, how do we keep this secret sauce as we grow? And she gave a number of great ideas. And one in particular was to create very strong core values for the company. And, um, and for everyone to buy into that. And then core values is just kind of the interconnectivity of your team. And, and they do 
the core values are actually very much tied to our brand too. Cause even in the way, like I knew core values from my bank of America days, which I never, it was so corporate. I don't mm. even really know what our core values were. It was just like something I got in the employee handbook totally. and I didn't really connect with. And I, so I kind of poo pooed that idea initially, but then when she said it, I thought, you know what, we can do core values, but in our brand. So our brand voice our, our our core values it actually starts with we believe in so it's this collective of like of being part of a gym being part of a community that even our core values start with we um and we believe in dot 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 and, and then that's a few different hmm. words that define who we are and um that do one of our core values is gym splaining which is um we as opposed to mansplaining we say that we're, we're explaining things in english you know financial literacy in english and, mm -hmm. and we believe in the power of it and so so our it goes into our core values too and 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 our employees are even um reviewed and, and graded on their core values and we fired people over core values um issues yeah because um we because we do we do uh we do practice them and live them we expect the team to so many thoughts on what you just said. I mean, uh, so, so so first of all, what you said prior, and it kind of fits into this, that, um, you know, you wish that there would be brand help for startups that is actually attainable and easy for them to actually manage. Um, I created this course called uh, E-Resonate. Um, so from, you know, resonating and aid, resonate. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's it's literally, it's like a brand workshop in a box that uh, that founders can do. And in the end, it is all about, it is all about their core values. And the funny thing is, that I, I I asked them to finish the sentence with because we believe, <laughs> which is exactly where you're where you're heading with this, right? So so it's like you know it, it's a couple hundred bucks and it empowers them to actually take a lot of that in house, which you know sometimes is the best way for entrepreneurs to actually work because they have it mm -hmm. in them. It's just they need the guidance and they need the process and they need a framework to actually voice all of this. Um, so I thought that that was that was really interesting. And, you know, talking about talking about mission. Um, so mixing politics and business used to be a no, no. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But those walls have clearly come down uh, in, you know, more and more over the years, but especially in the past couple of months, which were, you know what I mean? What a roller coaster, right? I mean, they they, oh, they they were so horrifying for 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 this planet, and then they were also so so uplifting and empowering, and 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 there was so much positive change because of it. Um, how does financial gym see its role in in taking stances and showcasing shared values with its tribe? Yeah, it's um the last last three months have been extremely challenging as a as a leader, uh, not gonna lie. And um, you know, I think I'm really excited for um for uh where we're going and, and how we've done it. And the gym has always been um a place of um security because money's the ultimate taboo topic. And so uh, one of our core, core values is in our gyms and our community and creating a safe place for people um, of of any type of person. And that's always been our mission. So our mission is financial health. And um, it, it doesn't matter what the person looks like who's getting financially healthy. And that's always kind of been a practice. And so, um, you know, when it comes to when we make statements as a company or, uh, you know, actually one of our core values is empathy. And so when it comes to making those kind of statements, um, I I'm actually excited that we can remind people that that's what we do every day, but it's also who we are. And, um, 
And so it, it just, it all comes back to our, our mission. And um, especially recently, um, you know, to, to remind people that um, black wealth matters. Um, it's a, it's a challenge we've seen mm. behind the scenes of the gym. You know, we don't always come out, you know, our clients information is private. So we're not, unless they want to be profiled or talk about their financial experience, we're not, you know, we're not putting it out there and publicizing it, but we've known internally the struggles. We see it. We've got a very diverse client mix. We have a very diverse um, employee mix and we know. And so I'm actually excited that we're now talking about this. Um, even though the conversations are, are hard and challenging, um, I'm excited that they're coming more to light because, um, you know, that's how we move forward. And, and that's what, you know, we're committed to and um, committed to profiling more of that and highlighting more of that situation. So I'm, you know, I, we embrace those conversations and we embrace our community. That's very diverse. So it, it all works together. I it's, at the end of the day, it's financial health and it doesn't have a, look to it yeah yeah how has how has COVID-19 otherwise um you know well and in the financial downturn obviously how has that affected your brand it, it seems like you would be in higher demand but also your mm -hmm. audience your audience might like the spending power now right I mean even if it's just yeah. a, a, a very small you know like a monthly yeah. fee yeah so when COVID-19 first happened um that was extremely scary for us because um you know our clients pay a monthly membership fee so they could cancel at any time and that's really important for us to be flexible so one of the first things we did we did pause um the our cost um our monthly fee for people who did lose their jobs from COVID-19 um and still continued to work with them um but you know then we were kind of like waiting to see what other dropout we had and the interesting thing is um our business has not done better it's done extremely well because our we've just really proven our model right because it's been such an extreme roller coaster ride financially yeah. from from the financial markets to unemployment to concerns of recession to uh the importance of emergency fund all the work that we do on a daily basis has been highlighted and compounded during this so um our retention has been extremely high and we've never gotten more five-star reviews in the last three months than we have because we're just proving our model, right? Of gosh, don't you wish you had a BFF um, right. for this ride um, in the crazy. And it's also a time now where people have, have more time to, to think and to plan and to look inwards and to, to really mm -hmm. rethink their life because they're stuck at right. home. Um, yeah. But in-person appointments at the gym and events have also been a huge component of your brand, right? Have, have, you, have you pivoted that? Like, how did that affect yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, thankfully, we've always worked with people virtually. We've always had the virtual model because um, for until just this year, actually, we only had one location in New York and we work with clients in all 50 states. So with the same results. So we know how to get results virtually um, and we've moved everything virtually. So we are... are in-person events are all now virtual. We have, um, you know, our, our local money tribe, which is our local community groups. They're all virtual. Everything's gone um, virtual. And, um, and we've actually seen more engagement because it's easier for people to get to these things hmm. um, it's in their home. And, um, and we've actually seen more engagement on, um, on the virtual side. We are in the process of reopening our gyms. We will open all, um, four of them in early July. And what we'll be doing is, um, is 
testing out first with our employees and how they can go back in and commute and all that kind of stuff. And then we'll open it up it with, with different limitations and capacity. But we do have clients who use the gym as a co-working space. We have a lot of freelancing clients and people have their own businesses. Um, so we still want to be there for them in the safest way possible. My COO has been... Um, uh, inundated and nonstop with oh, the sure, PPE yeah. preparations and how do we do this? And because we are committed to to opening again and um and and being that safe space again. Yeah, because I was I was wondering right um the way that the way that it works and please correct me if I'm if I'm wrong but in the first month you you meet your trainer and that's mm -hmm. really the big month right you get the analysis mm -hmm. you get the plan um mm -hmm. but but then I was wondering how does financial gym provide continuous value to its members and I think you just answered that right the idea that um you're constantly there for them there's there, mm -hmm. there's events there's there's groups um and I didn't even know about the co work space it it sounds like that's also part of the financial yes. Gym. Yes. And, you know, we, there's the accountability. So once people become clients, we start tracking your, your money. And um, we have a set systems like mint.com. And I would say anybody can do a financial plan. Um, financial plans are actually very easy to do. They're just a template. Um, but not many people can stick to a financial plan. And that's where we really excel is that accountability and, um, and, and helping clients through the situation and understanding the behavioral finance aspect of it as well. I think that's part of our secret sauce we've learned over the last seven years is being a, a BFF for our friends is really listening to people and their money stories. And that's really um, guided how we work with our clients and get them the success that we know we can. It's funny, we have uh, people just like a regular gym or a fitness program who will kind of quit early on because they're not seeing results right away. You know, mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, it's a waste of money. Um, and it's funny that angers my trainers more than anything because they're like, they gave up on themselves. Like we knew, I could have, <laughs> you know, like they're just like, we yeah. could have, you know, if they just gave it some more time. If they just gave it a little more effort, like, you know, that that's the biggest frustration for my team because we know that like, just like, physical health, some people just take a little more time, you know, it just, we just might take a little bit more time to figure out what we need to do. But over a year of working with us, 90% of our clients hit their goals. So we know we can get there. It's just, you know, we need, it's a partnership to get there. Well, and I think that that is, that is really the amazing component of your brand is that you are not cookie cutting this. Yes, there is, there is, um, you know, like these are the five, six steps to create your plan. And all of this is in a way cookie cutter. Like you said, it's like, yeah, you just gotta, it's actually quite simple. But then mm -hmm. the idea to actually listen to your clients, which sounds so logical, but you coming out of the industry, you're like, well, that's not really how it works. It's like we listen yeah. to how much money you have, and then we're gonna, <laughs> you know, and then we take it from there, right? But mm -hmm. with, I mean, with 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 normal people, right? I don't know the percentage in the U.S., right? But but with your your potential clients. I mean, the emotional baggage that is involved with money. I mean, it goes all the way to how you're raised and it goes to like, you know, inferior complexes or it goes to, you know, I mean, there's so many, so many complex parts to it that if, 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 oh, yeah. if you feel understood and if someone is there with you eye to eye and they say, well, I know how you feel, let's kind of get you over to this end um, and I'll do that slowly, right, over the next months, that must be huge. That must be a game changer. 
Yeah. I mean, that's what it's, it is, we do have a number of secret sauces and that is one of them. I mean, just a great example is, you know, with COVID-19, I just did a review for some clients and one of my clients spent a thousand dollars in Costco in early mid-March. And I was like, you didn't buy appliances, right? I mean, how do you spend a thousand dollars in Costco? And uh, it was right when the pandemic right. was kicking off, and people were freaking out, and she was freaking out, and you know, she was in the store, and she was just like. And she even called her husband from the store. She's like, I'm freaking out. Come stop me. Um, but he was <laughs> like, I'm 20 minutes away, so I can't. And she loaded up her cart with $1,000. And then two weeks later, spent another $500 somewhere else on groceries. And I, and I said, and I know them. I've been working with them for three years. This mm. is not normal, quote, normal for her, right? Um, and I was like, and she's like, I just lost my mind. You know, I was so freaked out. And I... And I was like, did you return any of those things? And she's like, no. So then now they have to work through their pantry. So one of their, you know, exercises <laughs> for this next quarter is like the pantry challenge. I was like, you are going to be eating their pantry, which expanded to their basement. I was like, how do you even have room in your home for all these things? Oh. And uh, that's the work we're doing. Like, so I I'm, I wasn't like, how could you spend a thousand dollars? Like, you know, right. I didn't shame her for it. We don't shame our clients. I get what drove her to that. But I was like, you, I was like, you know, we got to lay off the food this quarter, right? We got to do a little Look, she's not, she's not the only one, so she can feel good about it. I, I had to extend our pantry, too, after my wife came home from a Costco <laughs> run. That was um, very unusual, very unusual yeah. Costco run. But, I mean, look, it's, yeah, people, but, but it's amazing that you actually talk in that detail and that depth with, with mm -hmm. your clients, right? I mean, because that's really... That's really what is what is necessary. Um, so looking looking back, what was what was that one big breakthrough moment? I, I always love to hear that from entrepreneurs, where because they're so it's so difficult, right? I mean, it's it's not easy being an entrepreneur. It's not easy being a founder. It's not easy being a CEO. You're all of that. Um, when when was that moment where you felt like you know what? we're turning into a brand like we're actually we're actually this is going to be real and this is going to be big yeah so um i i haven't had like the big moment but i've had a lot of little moments and um that all add up to i say the breadcrumbs on the trail that keep you going um yeah. and that's all you get sometimes as an entrepreneur to sustain yourself it's breadcrumbs and um and it's it's a few things i i didn't put the financial gym brand concept out there right away when i first left merrill because it was just me bootstrapping it even though i always knew it was going to be financial gym i i called it I called the bootstrap company next gen financial. Cause in my mind, I always thought, well, I could go back and work for Merrill like this, you know, see what happens. And, and, um, and I had a handful of clients. And then when I finally raised my first investor money, I decided to put the financial gym concept out there. And it's interesting because you could see the number of clients that I have from 2015, because that's when I put the financial gym name out there. Um, grew significantly. And so I have a lot of clients. I have a handful of clients who started in 2013 when I left, but I have a very, I have a number of clients now this year who are on five-year reviews because I just even put the name Financial Gym out there and they got it. And that was always surprising to me that, or I, I love that because it was like just the name kind of sold the business um, right. without trying. That was, so 2015 was a big aha. And then, um, just a number of little moments like, uh, you know, we, we have our first location in New York and I was walking down 
I was walking up Madison Avenue wearing one of my gym t-shirts and this woman yelled it from across the street, financial gym, I love you guys. And I was like, oh my God, like just <laughs> like, you know, New York is so huge. And I was like, oh my God, I love you too. Like, oh, she knows the brand, you know, or, um, or when I see people tag us on social media and, and see the experience they're having, it's just like, it's like, like, they're like, Oh, I love the financial gym or hearing from people who post things on social and their friends are like, I heard about that place, you know, from across the country. It's, um, it, it's just sometimes like, I, it, because the days are long, but you're like, wow, that's that, like, we did this, <laughs> that people have heard about, like, that you're, your employee, right? How did, I don't even know how she found out about us, right? How did she find out about us? But I, I don't know. I don't know. Right? But that's, it's is, word right? of mouth, right? Yeah, it. no, exactly. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, you know, I think that those are the moments where you just have to sit back and you just have to really let it get to you positively, right? Where you, mm -hmm. where you actually notice these moments because everyone's going at a crazy speed, right? Building their companies. Um, but to let that sink in, I, I had, um, I had the founder of Farm Girl Flowers on, and she said it was so cute. She said um, it was the same moment. She was she was walking on the street, and she she was she was delivering flowers, and then and then someone was shouting from across the street, same story of like, oh my god, Farm Girl Flowers, I love you, I love the I love the flowers. This is so great, and and she just had to pretend she she would have loved to say yes, it's my company, I'm the CEO, but right. she just she was just like delivering flowers, she was all ashamed. She's right. like, yeah, I love working for them, it's great, and she just kind of like kept walking right it's like it's yeah. it's it's a big moment it's a big moment um if you um as you know as as, as a brand strategist to me it, it, the, the most exciting part is once once i work with my clients and i i do it usually in, in one day and at the end of the day um i really want to take the entire brand and and describe it in either a, a two-word phrase or just one word of like if we could actually, you know, take a funnel and put all of your brand thinking, the entire financial gym with all of its trainers and BFFs, and we, we put them in, um, mm -hmm. what would one word be that could describe the brand? Empowerment. Great. Yeah. Money's power. And, um, and th there's something so phenomenally life-changing about getting to watch somebody um, go from a point of fear and shame around their finances, which is the two words we hear all the time at the gym, to um, truly feeling empowered by their financial situation. It's um, it's why I do this every day. Yeah. It's, the, it's like a drug. Yeah, it's empowering to you too, right? To get up mm -hmm. in the morning and do this and to every one of the, of, of the trainers. Now that we're slowly coming to an end, do you have any brand advice for, for, for founders as a takeaway? You know, after listening to your journey, I think it's super interesting the way that you, you did things and, and out, of, out of your gut instinct, uh, a lot of right decisions were made. Um, any, any thoughts for a founder who, who listens to this and, and finds, uh, finds um, your, your thoughts um, aspirational? Yeah, I mean, just like you were saying, I trust your gut because, especially if you're the founder of the brand, um, there's a reason why you you founded the brand, right? There's a reason why you had an idea for this company, this product, this solution, and um, and so trust that because, like I was saying, there were so many times in in the branding process, or you know, I have investors, and and there's a you have employees, you have clients, you have a lot of people who have a lot of opinions about your business, and at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Um, you know, you really should trust your gut because it led you there. And, um, and so, yeah, like you said, looking back in hindsight, we make great decisions, but, um, 
they all just came from the gut of like, no, this feels right. Um, and don't let other people try to tell you what's right. At the end of the day, it's your business. Determination, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, so listeners who who fell in love with um with with the chim again, um, <laughs> where 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 can they start their their financial workout? Yeah, so financialgym.com is uh, they can find out more about what we do and sign up for a free warm up call. We call it the workout warm up call. Um, and it's <laughs> the first call is it's a free uh call with um, it's actually our clients who you talk to. Um, they are not incented to sell you anything. They just want to hear about your journey, what your particular financial uh challenges or things you want to work on. Just like a regular gym, we've got clients who are you know, want to level up and make more money or, or invest more. We got clients who want to get out of debt. We have clients who want to learn how to budget. There's all different um, financial challenges that we work with. And, um, and then they pair you with the BFF and um, yeah. And they can find out more about that. Like you said, that we have videos of all of our trainers and, um, and lots of content. They can get to know us. It's really important because we know money is so taboo and personal. We, we really, um, have probably the softest sell possible for a business because we're like, you get, you get comfortable with us first. Like mm. we're ready for you. Like we talk about that first session getting financially naked because we know that that's an extremely vulnerable time for people. Most people are sharing their financial numbers for the first time ever to another person. So we understand it's vulnerable. So we're, we're like, take your time, get to know us. We're here. We're ready when you are. That's awesome. Perfect. Well, Shannon, it was so nice having you on the show. I so appreciate your time. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Shannon McLay. Oh, what a blast this was. And this is how authenticity, empathy, and authority can wonderfully collide in a brand. If you liked the episode, hit subscribe and please give the show a quick rating so more listeners like you will be able to find and enjoy Hitting the Mark. This episode was edited by Everett Barton and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.